May mercy and grace be yours from God our Father and his Son and the Holy Spirit who gives these great gifts. This might be a question for some of the students as the uh, high school, middle school, maybe a college student or two. But for all of us, uh, it's, it's this. Do you like fielding questions? Do you like to be challenged? Or would you rather ask the questions and challenge others? Um, what do you do and how do you feel when you don't know the answer or you're afraid of giving the wrong answer? Maybe it's a test and you're trying to figure out what the teacher really wants to know. Or it might be that roadside conversation where the officer says, Ma'am, do you realize this is a 40-mile-per-hour zone? Or, sir, where were you on the night of July 23rd? You don't have to do any of that this morning. Not right now. Someone else is asking the question. Someone else is trying and struggling to give the answers to meet the challenges. May the Holy Spirit give to all of us attentive ears and expectant hearts to ponder the word of God from Luke chapter 14 and discover both law and gospel in the words of Jesus about lawful and higher and humbled and exalted. People God dearly loves. Jesus and his disciples are getting closer and closer to Jerusalem. And it's a Friday evening on their trek. The Jewish Sabbath begins at sundown. On this Sabbath, our Lord has been invited to the home of a ruler of the Pharisees. We're not sure exactly what it means to be a ruler of the Pharisees. Perhaps he was a member also of the Sanhedrin, the Jewish Supreme Court. Greetings are exchanged as the house fills up. Shabbat Shalom. Have a peaceful Sabbath. Well, we'll wait and see. This one might not be so peaceful. Two candles are lighted and blessed. Then there is a bracha, a blessing for the children. There is a bracha, a blessing for the wine. There is a bracha, a blessing for the shalot, which are the loaves of twisted, braided bread, served to echo the manna in the wilderness. Then comes the full meal. None of this was unusual, not for the host of the Shabbat gathering in Luke 14, not for his family, not for the other Pharisees, not for Jesus, and not for the disciples. But then there's a surprise. One of the guests at this meal is not well. My brother-in-law, Marty, Connie's older brother, is a physician. And he taught me years ago that dropsy, dropsy is the ancient name for congestive heart failure. Why? Because you really can't tell that anything is wrong with such a person The scans and diagnostic tests we take for granted, Connie had plenty of those this last week. Those were not available, so sometimes a man or a woman would simply drop and die. Maybe the people in this town knew this man, and they knew that he was not healthy. Though we are not told how, 
Jesus also knows this. So he asks one of his challenging questions. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or is it not? In our study of Mark's gospel last Sunday over there, we read the story of Jesus' disciples walking through the field, harvesting and threshing grain on a Sabbath day, and they were criticized because they were working on the day of rest. This morning, we also pondered another question of Jesus, this question about healing, and wrestled with that a little bit more, about if, if it's allowed to heal on the Sabbath. How do the Pharisees answer Jesus' question? They don't. They're silent because they can't win this one no matter which way they respond. Then Jesus acts with compassion and power. Perhaps he moved toward the man. He took him, is all that Luke writes. And whether by his touch or with his words, Jesus makes the man's heart strong. Go home, he says. And I think Jesus adds, and give thanks to God. After this, Jesus asks his hosts and his fellow guests another question. Which one of you, if he had a son or an ox, rather a curious combination, and the boy or the animal fell into a well on the Sabbath morning, let's you and I say it's 9 a.m., what would you do? Would you wait until sundown? The Sabbath begins at sundown on Friday, ends at sundown on Saturday. Would you wait until Saturday at sundown, yelling down the well, hang on, I haven't forgotten about you. I'll be back to rescue you in nine hours. Of course you wouldn't do that. You'd act immediately. You would grab a rope and a few of your buddies and you'd get busy. You'd climb down into the well, hold on to your son, calm him down, and tell your friends up top to pull both of you out. And if the ox fell in, well, I'm not sure how you would exactly rescue that critter, except that I would still do it quickly, but very, very carefully. Once more, the people in the house have no response. They were challenged, and they were afraid of giving the wrong answer or too stubborn to give the right answer. Then Jesus tells a short parable. And do remember, do remember, a parable is a story about how God is at work bringing his kingdom, his kingdom to those who are apart from him. And this parable fits the gathering in our text because it was obvious as the guests assembled for the Sabbath supper how some of them were brazen about which seats they chose. They wanted to be at the head of the table. They wanted to be close to the host. They wanted to rub elbows with the guest of honor. But Jesus doesn't tell this parable to teach table manners or social etiquette. He's revealing that God's ways are different from our ways. So our Lord says, 
When you receive an invitation to a wedding reception, don't stroll right up front and sit down, sit down next to the bride or groom or the attendants or the family because this is what will happen. Someone else, someone way more important than you will show up. The master of the feast will take him up to the head table and tell you to give up your place. You'll be shamed when you have to take that leftover seat, the lowest place. Instead, Jesus continues, when you arrive, choose a seat in the back of the room. Then the host will will look and see you and say, my friend, move up higher. And he'll march you to the very front of the banquet hall. Because if you exalt yourself, you will be humbled. But if you humble yourself, you will be exalted. That's the end of the parable. But Jesus has more to say. He speaks directly to the ruler of the Pharisees, the man who had invited him to Shabbat. I need to tell you something, Jesus begins. When you host a dinner from now on, don't invite those people you already know so that they'll return your favor. They'll be your guests and you'll be a guest in their homes. But do this. Remember, God is saying, Jesus is saying that God does things differently. When you give a feast, invite the poor and the crippled and the lame and the blind, and you will be blessed. No, they can't and won't repay you, but you will be repaid on the last day on the resurrection of the just. Ten minutes ago, I began by asking you if you liked fielding difficult questions or if you like to be challenged, if you like asking those questions and challenging others. So now I will ask this. Do you realize and do you confess that you have a heart problem? That you have not congestive, but congenital heart failure. You caught it from your parents, Adam and Eve. That your heart is dark with sin and flowing with guilt and beating with pride and lust and greed and anger and a lack of of concern for those on the outside of God's kingdom? And do you realize and do you confess that you have terrible table manners, that you elbow your way to the front, that you refuse to take a lower place, that you even question those sitting near or next to you, wondering if he or she really belongs in this place? There is good news, good news for you and for me today. There is this good news. Jesus is humbled to the point of death, and he is exalted on the third day by his resurrection victory. There is this good news. By his suffering and death, Jesus pours out his holy and innocent blood as the once-for-all sacrifice, as the once-for-all people high priest. Now Jesus heals hearts broken by sin. Jesus cleanses hearts soiled by sin. 
Jesus creates new hearts, enlivened by his perfect love and his amazing grace. And there is more good news. Jesus says to you, friend, come up higher. I welcome you. I embrace you. Though you are humbled by guilt, I exalt you with my undeserved blessing of forgiveness. Though you are away from the home you never knew, I exalt you with my undeserved blessing of belonging. Friend, move up higher, says our Lord. Come close to me. Sit right next to me, for I'm hosting a great and glorious banquet. Join the other guests, the crippled, the poor, the lame, the blind. You and I are one of them. And eat and drink of the unending feast of of salvation. Celebrate with joy the marriage supper of the Lamb. Taste and see that the Lord is good. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.